Good morning, North Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name's Ryan, and we are thrilled that you are with us today. In just a moment, the North Church Worship Band's going to come out and lead us in a few songs, and then we're going to receive a message from one of the North Church Bible teachers that's going to help us grow deeper in our relationship with the Lord. If you have any questions about what's going on here at North Church, find us online at northchurch.net. There you can scroll to the bottom of the homepage, click on e-bulletin, and learn all about the things happening throughout the life of our church. If after service today you're in need of prayer, please step forward. Members of our church and members of our prayer team would love the opportunity to agree with you in prayer. And also, don't forget to check out the coffee bar. There we have a great selection of hot drinks and cold drinks and tasty pastries for your enjoyment. Well, if you're new here today, we'd like to welcome you. And right after service, we have a brief five-minute meeting called First Connect. Here at North Church, we are passionate about helping people connect in healthy and growing relationships. And if you'd like to take that next step today to learn about what's happening here at the church or what your next steps are, we'll see you there. Here at North Church, we believe in helping people saying yes to God and becoming wholehearted followers of Jesus and connecting in healthy relationships, which is why we have our Equip classes. The next session this spring is coming up soon on Monday nights, and it's a great way for ladies to connect in a women's group, men to connect in a men's group, learn about biblical truths and how to apply them with money or with your home life or as a parent. We want to see you at these classes. Most of them are free, and you can learn more and register right now on our website over 300 volunteers that serve here at North Church, and you are the lifeblood of this church, and we are so thankful for the impact that you have. Just this Easter, last Sunday, we had over 100 volunteers here just for those three services, taking care of the kids, running the coffee bar and the info center, and doing worship and more. We are so thankful for you and appreciate what you do for the kingdom. Well, those are all the announcements that we have for you today, and right now on your mobile device, you can check in to North Church on Facebook. Every three check-ins helps provide an item for the World Relief Welcome Basket, which is for refugees that are coming right into Spokane. We're so thankful for you participating in this and making a difference. Right now we're going to sing, would you please stand?
conqueror and our defender. God, we'll just sing of your name and praise you with all of our hearts. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? job great job you guys are bringing the a game this morning i just want to say congratulations i'm very pleased with your effort let's keep it up throughout the morning though <laughs> hey uh my name's scott i'm one of the pastors on staff i want to just take a moment to say welcome and good morning especially if you're new this is maybe your first weekend with us or you've been starting to come over the last few weeks i would love to get the chance to say hello and kind of greet you face to face so we do a thing right after the service for about five minutes right underneath that monitor on the wall over there. We call it First Connect, just a chance to say hello uh, and a chance for me to introduce myself to you. So I would look forward to meeting you there. For now though, because relationships are important, because when we come together to worship the Lord, we come together to worship the Lord. Let's take a moment just to say hi to the people who are together right around us. Say hi to someone standing nearby. Well, good morning again. Hey, I wanted to take a second here uh, just to talk about one of the values that we have, which is about connecting in relationship and growing in healthy relationships with one another and in a healthy relationship with the Lord as well. So we're always, as you know, we're encouraging people to step up and go through Rooted, which is our discipleship journey, and we're encouraging people all the time to be in life groups, which are the kind of ongoing small group. So they get together and study the, uh, study the Bible together, grow in faith together, uh, minister and serve in the community together. Um, and those things start and stop from time to time. But maybe you're one of those people who uh, maybe you've been through Rooted or maybe you haven't yet, but you didn't sign up for the current session. Maybe you're not yet in a life group, but there's still this sense of, I kind of would like to get involved and I kind of would like to get connected. I'd like to be a part of something more and a little deeper than just on Sunday mornings. And I want to talk to you about the opportunities that we have uh, coming forward. And they take place on Monday nights in what we call our equip classes. And these equip classes are all about just kind of targeting some specific areas of learning and growing spiritually together. Um, and, and they're coming up here in just a few weeks. And you may be one of those people who ask, hey, is there it, do they have something for me? And I'm going to say, yes, I'm pretty sure that we do. Because we have this, this particular session, we've got a men's group. We've got a women's group, 
Uh, we've got a group studying about uh, the Holy Spirit. We've got a group on finances. We've got a group on parenting. So if you're a man, or if you're a woman, or if you're a parent, or if you don't yet know everything about God, or if you have any money whatsoever, we've got something for you. And that's a chance to get connected and meet some other people and grow in these areas. So just real quickly, I wanted to highlight them for you, let you know what's going on, give you a sense of what these will be about. There's the men's group is going to do a study by Louis Giglio, um, and it's called The Comeback. And it just addresses the reality that sometimes, whether we've made bad decisions or life's just disappointed us, um, we need to kind of come back to center. And how do we do that? And part of the way guys do that is by doing it together and growing together. So guys, that's for you on Monday nights. Ladies, uh, your study is going to be hosted by some of the ladies in this church. Tisa Mead, uh, Trina Wanless, I believe Sarah Capri, um, and uh, uh, Marsha Craig also. And it's called Craving Connection. And it's going to be this kind of thing that God has put in you ladies that desires connection and growth and deep friendships with one another. And it's going to talk about some of the practical tips for how do you create those relationships and grow. So that's going to be for you. Uh, the finance class that we're doing is called Navigating Your Finances God's Way. This is fantastic. This is a great and a very powerful small group study. I want to be real clear on this one. This is not for the faint of heart. This, is, this one's not for people who want to hear a few teachings about money and want to disagree with the teacher about whatever they're teaching about money and just approach it at the head level. This is a hands-on workshop where you and a group of people who will become your friends are going to dig in and get dirty and, and talk about real practical things like what does the Bible say about debt and how do I get out of it? About um, what, what does wisdom look like? About how do we build a budget that works and how do we live within that budget? And all the kinds of practical things uh, that are really great. So that's there as well. Uh, Pastor Mike is going to be leading uh, the Bible study on the Holy Spirit, talking about who the Holy Spirit is, how he works in the life of believers. What, uh, you'll be able to learn and discover maybe what gifts the Holy Spirit has already given you and how you can put those into work. So that's going to be a great thing as well. And then for parents, our very own Pastor Ryan, our kids and family pastor here at North Church, he's going to be talking uh, to parents about how it is that they can uh, parent beyond your capacity, how to expand the scope of people who are bringing a positive influence into the life of your kids, how to tap into those real quality moments that are powerful in the lives of your kids, and uh, do a great job of raising our kids up in the way they need to go. So there is truly something for everybody. And if you're just needing a place to connect, Monday nights in these coming few weeks is going to be the thing. So out at the Info Center, you can sign up right after the services. There will be people there to help you with that. So for now, would you go ahead and stand? We're going to continue our time of worship together. We're going to continue to sing. Heavenly Father, as, as we worship this morning, we want to bring our hearts to you. We want to open up our hearts to you and spend this time declaring our love for you, declaring how great you are, speaking about the greatness and the majesty of your riches and grace. God, in this time, we want to bring the best of our love for you to this act of worship, and we want to ask that you would speak to us along the way. In Jesus' name, amen.
things about the salvation that God offers us through his grace um, is that it's not just salvation and being saved kind of eternally and eventually but it's the salvation and the redemption that he speaks into our life right here and right now and I just got a sense this morning that the word God wants to speak uh, to us as a congregation and, and maybe even to you as an individual is just a word of peace that sense that whatever all the agitation of the week has been and whatever the stresses of the week looking ahead might be, whatever the turmoil, whatever the brokenness, whatever the sense of panic might be, that God holds and extends to you this gift of peace that says, peace, be still to the circumstances of your life. And in the next couple moments, we're, just, we're gonna spend some time praying right where we're seated and just being with the Lord. And I invite you in that time to allow his peace to wash over you, to settle your spirit and to ease your mind, to set the worries at bay and to begin that process of hope building up within you. Because Jesus said, I've got this peace. It's my peace. It's not like anybody else's peace, but I want to give that to you. And especially if you're in need of that kind of peace this morning, I want you to find it in these next few moments that we have. So let's take these moments that we have. Seek the word from Christ, who is himself the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Hey, uh, we had such a great time uh, this past week. So, so much ministry basically happened this past weekend. Easter was amazing. Had lots of people here. Uh, the day before that, we had the, the uh, extravaganza egg hunt for those that had special needs and mobility issues. And uh, we had like over 500 people come for that out in the field. It was just fascinating, amazing. Uh, several of our life groups teamed up together to put that on. And uh, our Good Friday service and on and on. Just lots of wonderful things. So if you're here uh, visiting or coming back for the second time, we're so glad you're with us. But let's thank God for uh, the things that have happened, the work that's gone out. And by the way, those of you who volunteered and helped, thank you so much. I'm so appreciative of the heart of this church to reach out to our community, to serve, uh, to help, and to be a part of what's going on uh, through the extension of North Church. So let's pray over that. We'll pray over our offering as well. God, thank you so much for uh, the gift of your people, Lord, just the servant-heartedness of this church that cares, Lord, not only for the, the wonderful things you're doing within the context of this faith community, but also in our larger community, Lord, just serving reaching out, caring for, and drawing in, Lord, those that, uh, those that need that touch of your love and your care, your provision. And so we 
pray for that. We pray for the, the offering and the gener generosity uh, of all of the hearts of this church as well. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna have the ushers come right now. If you brought a gift to give to God, you can prepare that. Well, last week uh, we opened up uh, talking about doubt. Kind of an interesting topic uh, to hit on in Easter. And yet, it's something that we all deal with. And so today, I wanted to continue along that same line. And then, uh, so I'm going to talk about overcoming doubt today. And then next week, we'll talk about strengthening faith. And what does it look like to have an authentic faith? And uh, so, uh, I, I believe you'll be encouraged through that and strengthened in your walk with God. Well, two things I know about everybody in the room is that everybody here has faith and everybody here has doubt. Now, notice I didn't say everybody has faith in God, but everybody has faith in a faith system. It takes faith to not believe in God. It really does. It takes faith because you cannot prove that God does not exist. But it also takes faith to believe in God because in, this, in a similar way, you cannot pr uh, provide uh, proof beyond all doubt that he does exist. And so it takes faith. We're all people of faith. And we all share doubts as well. We all have that in common. And uh, maybe you have questions or concerns or doubts and wonder, how do those interact with my faith in the Lord, in God? Because I want to grow in my walk with God. I want to deepen my faith. But, but I, I struggle with these questions and I struggle with these doubts. And as I said last week, that doubt in and of itself is not a problem, uh, but left unchecked, it will become a problem. If you don't seek to resolve them, if you don't seek to have those doubts or those questions answered to some degree, then the, it can create a problem. We also looked at the disciples who, after seeing the resurrected Jesus touching him, still struggled at times with doubt. And so it's a very real thing. It's a human issue. The what ifs of life, you know, we all have them, what ifs. What if what, if what I'm praying for doesn't happen? What if what I'm spending my life towards, pouring out, serving others, caring, giving, whatever it might be? What if it's not real in the end? What if I spent my whole life and find out that God's not there? And then on the flip side, what if you spend your whole life and find out He is and find out heaven and hell are real? See, doubts plague all of us. And uh, in, the book, the, in the Bible, James says this, he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. So doubt has this destructive nature to it because what it, what it can do is that it can blow you around in life. That when trials come, when storms come, if, if, if doubt remains, it never gets resolved, then we're susceptible to living lives that are hesitant, that are fearful, that are afraid of making a mistake, that plays it safe, that lives a weak faith. Maybe there's a faith there, but it's a weak faith where, where uh, we're walking and we're just very unsure. Doubt is double vision. So maybe you've been struggling with a lot, uh, an issue in your life, something that you've prayed about, hasn't happened yet, wondering, does God care? Or maybe it has to do with your own security of your relationship with God, your salvation, wondering, gosh, I still feel all these feelings of guilt and all these problems, and, 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 and I wonder, maybe when I prayed, it wasn't sincere enough. Maybe it wasn't real. Or maybe it's with the Bible, wondering, you know, it just seems like an ancient book. Is it real? Is it relevant? Is, can I trust it with my life? But I'm not sure. See, the truth is doubts can be resolved and your faith can be strengthened. The scripture tells us in Hebrews, without faith, 
It's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So it starts, faith starts by coming to him, believing that he exists, that he's there, that he cares, and that he's a rewarder of those who will walk in faith. Even if you have some doubt that, that you experience that is in your heart or in your mind, it's right alongside of your faith, it's faith that pleases God. So we wanna be people of faith. So let me offer four uh, things that the scripture teaches us about dealing with our doubts, overcoming doubts as they come up. As I said last week, let me remind you that God doesn't condemn you for having, con for having doubts. Matter of fact, he's gracious towards those with doubts. Uh, John the Baptist is a great example of this. You remember John? John, actually, out of all of those in the New Testament, John was convinced that Jesus was the Son of God. John was a person of great faith. He's the guy that pointed people to God. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the guy who baptized Jesus. And you remember John saw the dove descending and heard the voice of the Father say, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. John was convinced. He had incredible faith. And then he spoke out against the sexual perversion of Herod and he was put in prison. And there he is in prison. He's kind of taken out of the limelight into the dark and he's suffering and he's wondering and doubts begin to creep in which often happens doesn't it when you're in pain when you're suffering and it's in that place that John began to question he questioned is Jesus the son of God can you believe that that John the Baptist was questioning that and so two guys were visiting him two of his friends and he asked those two friends in while visiting him in prison Go and ask Jesus, are you really the one? Or should we be waiting for somebody else? And here's what Luke's gospel said. This good news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. John's disciples told him about all these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? In other words, in prison, he's wondering, did I get it right? Is Jesus really the son of God? Now, thankfully, Jesus didn't throw him under the bus. Jesus didn't go, John, you're an idiot. Have you been with me all this time and you still don't get it? What? What's going on? No, Je Jesus didn't do that. He didn't criticize him or disqualify him. The Bible says in Luke 7, Jesus answered and said to these two guys who came to ask on John's behalf, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. In other words, I'm it. I am the son of God. Go back and tell John these evidences. Tell him about the power of God being released, the lives that are being transformed, and let him know you didn't waste your life. So here's the deal. When you doubt, Go to God and let Jesus remind you of his mighty works. I mean, you've got to bring your doubts directly to God if you want to overcome them and ask him the hard questions without fear of reprisal. See, God wants to build a relationship with us. And the way that our faith gets deepened is by dealing with our doubts. The way our faith gets deepened is by going to him and, bring, and having a discussion and a conversation with him about everything in our life. I love the Psalms. You see that? David over and over again would bring up the things that were troubling him, the things that he had questions about, the perplexing things of life. Why do the rich always get ahead and, and those who are trying to do right always look like they're getting, going behind? They're, they're getting behind and it's not working out for them. He would always bring these questions to God and sometimes God would answer and sometimes David would just bring them and pour his heart out and he would move on but you've got to go to God and you've got to let Jesus talk to you and remind you of his faithfulness, speak truth into your heart, settle some of the issues of your life, remind you of his goodness. 
See, Jesus did that for John, and he wants to do it for you. Jesus said this in verse 28. He said, I say to you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. That came directly after John's doubts, in the midst of John's doubts. John is having trouble believing in Jesus, but Jesus always believed in John. Jesus believes in you and wants to affirm you whether you're struggling or whether you're not struggling. And so he has things to say to you. He wants to help you. So the first thing is that to overcome doubt, we got to bring him to God and we have to let him remind us of his mighty power. The second thing is this, when doubts rise up, don't wait for all your questions to get resolved and all your doubts to be uh, to disappear before you move in faith. I mentioned that last week, and I just want to say it again because it's one of the ways that we overcome doubt is by taking steps of faith, the faith that you do have, the faith that you have. See, everybody doubts. It's easy to look around a room like this and go, man, these people, they have so much faith, so much more than me. I wonder if I even belong here. Yes, you do, because every single person has doubts that come in at different times in their life. Even Jesus, hanging on the cross, said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Has anybody here ever prayed anything and then secretly on the inside you're wondering if it'll even really happen? Or maybe you prayed over a period of time and it didn't happen and so you just gave up and you quit praying? Or maybe you, maybe on the inside, you were so overwhelmed, so full of doubt that you didn't even bother to pray because you already assumed it wouldn't happen. I've done that. And there's a guy in the New Testament that I want you to meet because he was, he was in that exact situation. He was discouraged. He had this low level of faith and he had almost given up complete hope for an answer. So when you doubt, You've got to exercise the faith you do have and don't worry about the faith you don't have. So if you have a Bible, open to Mark 9. Father comes to Jesus. He pleads for his son to be healed. His son had a demon. His son had been tormented since he was a little child. He would foam at the mouth. He would convulse. Sometimes uh, he would lose all control, be thrown into the fire or into the water and this this ailment, this more than a disease because there was demonic underpinnings to it, would try to snuff out his life. And can you imagine being the dad of that son? Caring, loving, I mean, you're in pain over your kid being hurt like that. You have no control over it. You send him to every doctor, they can't fix it. Every rabbi, every prophet, every priest that comes through town, you bring them to him. There's no success, there's no change. And on this one occasion, it says in verse 18 of Mark 9, uh, the man was explaining this. He says, whenever this thing seizes him, it throws him down, he foams and grinds his teeth and be becomes rigid like he's dead. So I asked your disciples who were praying for people, healing people, casting out demons, and they weren't able to do it. See, the man was weary from asking, weary from going and seeking help. He got his hopes up time and time again only to be let down. And his disciples couldn't do it either. So Jesus comes and he asks about this man's son. And, and this man asks Jesus, begins to explain to Jesus the whole situation, the whole history. And he makes this prayer to Jesus. He says it this way. He says, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Now, that doesn't sound like Olympic level faith to me. This guy is at the bottom. He's at the bottom. And he's just saying, if you can, if you can, God. And Jesus picks up on that. He zeroes in on this weak statement. He says, if you can. Everything is possible for him who believes. For him who believes. And yet this guy's belief was there, but it was so weak. 
Maybe you've been in that. Maybe you're there right, right now this morning. You've been praying for that husband and God hasn't provided him yet. Been praying for that wife and God hasn't provided her yet. You've been praying for that new job that you need and God hasn't provided it yet. You've been praying about a provision. You've been trying to be a good steward, staying out of debt, giving, all, doing all these things that are right and good and yet you're in this place of desperate need and you're praying, you're asking and you're waiting. You're a little discouraged. Maybe your faith is waning. And the man in verse 24, it says, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I believe and I doubt. I hope and I fear. I pray and I waver. I ask and I worry. I believe, Jesus, but help my unbelief. I don't know about you, but I, I get that prayer. Jesus walks up to the man's son. He rebukes the demon. He heals the boy. He takes him by the hand. He lifts him to his feet. He restores that boy to his father. And for the very first time in that kid's life, he's able to utter the words, Dad, I love you. Thank you for never giving up on me. Thank you for always believing. Thank you that in all, spite of all the grief that I've brought into your life, you constantly believed and you never stopped asking God. So how much faith do you need in order for God to work in your life? If you can, God. You just need enough faith to go to God and ask. It's not your job, it's not my job to pump up my level of faith, to get it to this place where if I say it just right and I say the word in Jesus' name at the end and have the faith and muster it all up that then God's going to do something. It's not how it works. God says, come to me in honesty. Come to me in truth. Come to me with whatever level of faith you do have. Even the mustard seed level of faith, God, Jesus said, will move mountains. So move in the level of faith you do have and don't worry about the level you don't have. Third thing, way to overcome doubt is this. When you struggle to have faith and you're doubting, which we all go ebb and flow in our, in our walk with God, different seasons of time, different seasons of life, sometimes my faith is a lot stronger and other times it is a lot weaker where more doubts are there. And when you are in that situation, get around people who will have more faith than you because they're in that good place at, at season in their life. See, we need each other. That's the bottom line. We need each other. We were not meant to walk through our Christian life alone. That's why small groups are so important. These equip classes that Scott told us about, uh, the college group, the youth group, life groups, rooted, all of these things are ways to gather us together where we can mutually encourage each other's faith. It's, these are safe places to bring doubt, safe places to have questions, safe places to receive prayer. So we need each other. Who are your friends? Who are the people that are the main influencers of your life? Ask yourself this. Are they faith-filled people? People seeking after God? People who will pray for you? People who, who, who trust God? Know that he'll do great things in your life? Or, or, or is the bulk of your friends negative influences? People who bring you down? People who struggle to believe themselves? Maybe they don't even believe. Who are your friends? God wants you to build friendships with people who can inspire and strengthen your faith. When you doubt, be strengthened by other people's faith. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, Proverbs tells us. God doesn't want you to live outside of the faith community, just coming to church on Easter or on Christmas or just when you're discouraged and down to get a little boost. No, he wants you to build a life in the context of a community of people 
Yes, imperfect. Yes, with doubts and questions. But a community of people where we mutually encourage one another. You belong. He wants you to know that. See, by nature, I'm kind of a lone ranger. I'll, I'll admit that. When I, first, uh, when I first began to build a life of, with others in the community of faith, it was awkward for me. Matter of fact, I remember the very first time I was invited to a college group. I didn't want to go. Um, I didn't have any built-in need there that was driving me to go. It was someone else saying, no, you need this, Mike. You're a, kind of a Lone Ranger personality. You need to be in community with other people. And I remember thinking, oh, it's probably going to be so boring. And I remember thinking, these people I probably won't relate to, and they won't relate to me and my background and my past. And, but I went. And what I discovered was there were just people there. There were people I related to. There were people there that were a little weird. There, were, there was all kinds of people there. But we have one thing in common, and that was that we were all trying to follow Jesus, and we were all imperfect, and we were all there to strengthen each other and to worship God. See, we need that. We need that in our lives. Paul, the apostle, said it this way. When we get together... I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. See, we're strengthened in our faith, and doubts can be resolved in the context of community and in the context of being around other faith-filled people. I remember when I was in Prescott, Arizona, planted a church, new there, 30 years old, and had never pastored before in my life. Um, didn't even have a license to pastor. Foursquare figured that out a couple months in and finally gave me one. But I mean, I was ignorant. Never had done a funeral, never had done a wedding, never had done any of that. But I had just stepped out in faith to go and do this and the door was open. And I guess they didn't know about some of my lack of credentials. And, and so they, they, they sent me there. And so I'm there, I didn't know what to do. So I put a little ad in the paper Tisa and me and our two kids are real little and we had our little ties on and we're like we're the new people in town here to plant this four square church and uh, you know come to my house and so like one family showed up and this one elderly lady she was about 80 years old her name was Rose Gray and Rose I remember Rose uh, because Rose said I've been praying for you and your family God already gave me a picture of you guys before you even came here, and I've been praying for the last seven years for you guys to be here. And uh, I, I remember thinking, I need to get to know this lady. And, and she said, I can't come to your church. And I'm like, great. So now I have one family and one elderly lady, and she's not coming. <laughs> she's, and she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm working at the mission on the Yavapai Indian Reservation, which is about 30 miles from here but I'm going to pray for you all the time. And anytime you want to come to my house, I'll pray for you. And so I made it a habit. Uh, at least once a month, I would go to her home and she would pray for me. And it would just strengthen my faith. She was a lady of great prayer and great faith. And I'm so thankful for uh, those uh, widows or those elderly ladies uh, that have faith, that will be involved in younger people's lives. You are needed. You are so important. If you'll rise up and let God use you, that lady saved my bacon in Prescott, Arizona, because every time I would get, go into a lull, a struggle, wondering why am I here? What am I doing? I'm wasting my life. I need to get back into business. I don't know why I did this. Rose would pray for me. And she would start shaking as she would put her hands on my head and, and God would move through this and it would just strengthen my faith. Who are your friends? Who are your mentors? Who are the people of faith in your life that you've put yourself around? Whether they're your age or not, whether they're your gender or not, God has people for you if you'll keep your eyes open and you'll, and you'll pursue that. All right, the last thing is this. When you doubt, you gotta lift up your shield of faith and stand your ground. You have to lift up your shield of faith. God has given you a shield of faith. He's put something within you. In Ephesians chapter six, the Bible describes this in greater detail about the armor of God. 
And one of the things it says in verse 16 of Ephesians 6 is in addition to all this, stand, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The devil is real. Now, I know some of us don't like to talk about the devil, give any credit to the devil. And some of us talk too much about the devil and give too much credit. But the reality is, the scripture's clear, the devil is real. And he will assault you at times in your life, often when you're weak, at your weakest, and he will put doubt in your mind. I'm not saying all doubt comes from the devil, I don't hear it that way, but there are times when that is exactly what's going on. The serpent in the garden whispered to Eve, did God say? And that spun into action something that Jesus came to reverse, right? Sin and destruction and degradation of our world. A couple weeks ago, I woke up at 4.30 in the morning because I'm part of this group called Disciples Made. It's a group of uh, men in our church. Uh, we meet up here at 5.30 in the morning and uh, it's a six month commitment. It's a small group of guys and we read the scripture. And so we've committed to kind of a Bible reading thing and reading some books. And then we get together and we unpack it and we, we encourage each other. So if you ever get invited to a disciples made group, make sure and say yes to that. It's a, it's a character building, calling affirming experience that you'll have in a small group environment. Uh, but so I'm in this group and I, I got behind on my reading by a couple days. And I wake up at 4.30 in the morning, not a good time for me. Um, and so I'm, I'm there struggling, I'm going, oh, I'm behind on my reading. You know, I'm behind on reading the Bible. And this, this thought came into my mind, clear as ever, you're not serious about God, so God isn't serious about you. You won't take this serious, so God is not really that interested in you. And it sounded kind of right, you know, like, you know, big challenge kind of thing. But it, but it was just wrong enough that I knew, after thinking about it for a moment, it wasn't even from God, it was from the wicked one, because what it was basically saying is you need to do something for God to accept you. You need to do something in order for God to use you. You need to do something for God to love you. And you're getting behind here, so therefore it calls into question God's character and his interest in your life. That is not from God, that is from the wicked one. And so in that moment, as hard as it was at 4.30 in the morning, I had to kind of lift up the shield of faith, which is basically speaking truth to this voice, to this thing in my head, in my heart. No, God said he loves me no matter what. Unconditionally, I am loved to the core. I could never read the Bible again in my life, and it wouldn't change how God feels about me. That's the truth. And I had to speak that to myself to get out of bed. And then um, it's, it's lifting up the shield of faith. Where is it that you've been listening to something that's not true in your head, in your heart, about God, about you, about how he thinks about you, about how he feels about you? Do you think you have to perform? Do you think you have to do things in, in order to get his attention or get him to love you or get him to accept you? You have to be religious enough or spiritual enough or read the Bible enough or go to church enough. Oh, God wants to settle those issues, but see whether it's that issue or any other issue that is skewed, and that's how you often know, is it sounds right when you first hear it, but it's just a little bit wrong. And if you follow it, it takes you off into, into a bad place. Lift up your shield of faith. Lift it up and trust in God's provision for you. The enemy will be scattered as faith arises. All right, so those are some things the scripture teaches us about overcoming doubt, to be people of faith, bringing doubts to God, letting him remind you of his mighty power, using the faith you do have, not worrying about the faith you don't have, hanging out with God's people, people of faith, and then lifting up your shield of faith and resisting the wicked one when he comes. Those are some things. Can I just say that 
when doubts arise, they often question the character of God. They often, they often diminish our faith. And God has called us to live as people of faith. He rewards those with faith. He's pleased with faith. Doesn't say how much faith. Doesn't say you have to have Olympic levels of faith. You just bring him the faith that you have. You have not wasted your life. You are not wasting it through your serving, through your giving, through your loving, through your building community with other people. God is using that, and God wants to use you. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. Lord, that you are doing something deep on the inside of our lives. And Lord, we want to bring you this morning everything that hinders, everything that holds us back, that tries to whittle away even discouragements of waiting, waiting on you, waiting for an answer. And I just pray, Heavenly Father, that you give an increase, that you do that. We don't bolster it up ourselves, but that you increase our faith this morning. Increase our understanding of your heart towards us. Answer some of the questions of our, of our life, Lord, and we pray, God, we pray that you'll help us to build these authentic relationships with other people of faith, that we can mutually encourage one another. Lord, help us, help us walk those actions out this morning. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. That's a, that's a great word. I want you to kind of let that marinate over the course of the day. And I want to invite you to come back and join us again next week. I'm going to be talking about um, how it is that we exercise uh, our faith kind of when circumstances have us under fire. And so uh, look forward to seeing you next week. I was actually uh, kind of moved. I thought maybe we as a church could get behind what Mike is saying. I'd like to just talk to anyone who wants to volunteer to join me on a team of people who will call him every morning at 4.30 and say, Mike, God loves you. And just remind him on a regular basis that way. I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> hey, uh, you may be someone who uh, would really benefit from somebody praying with you. Maybe you're walking through something, you need someone to pray with you. There's going to be a team of people over here on this side of the auditorium who would love to do that. So if you need prayer, these are the people to see. If you're one of those folks who are newer uh, and would like to get a chance to come say hi, I would love to introduce myself and say hi personally with you over here at our first connect over on this side. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend.